Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Worth Playing For podcast. This is going to be episode 33 of the podcast, where I talk about episodes 2 and 3 of Survivor Marquesas. Um, when I was looking at, you know, these six episodes of the pre-merge, typically when I, in the, in the rewatches I've done, I've done four episodes, four podcasts on the six episodes of the pre-merge, and it, it's usually worked out pretty cleanly, where, like, usually I do three, four, and five, six, um, like, that worked out cleanly, I think, in the last three seasons, but here it's, it's different, right, because the swap is going to happen in episode four, um, and so what I'll do is I'll do a full episode for that, so I end up combining episodes two and three here, which I think makes sense, um, I, I think both of them, um, you know, they're, they're major moves in, in the macro sense of things when you, when you look at, you know, the game and how huge it is that Hunter is going to get the boot here. Um, but in terms of the content of each episode, it's not like we had riveting stuff um, and, and really like complicated stuff to break down throughout each episode. So I feel like going through these two episodes um, should be a pretty logical way to do things. So yeah, let's talk about these two episodes, episodes two and three of Survivor Marquesas. And these were entitled, let me just get the names out here. These were entitled Nacho Mama and No Pain, No Gain. Um, and so we get the recap of the premiere episode, which is really exciting. Um, and yeah, like overall, I was really happy with the, the premiere of, of that episode, right? And it, I talked for a bit at the end of the last podcast just how remarkable it was that Peter ends up being the first boot of the season, right? He is not the weakest one in the tribe. Um, and I, I compared it to Survivor Australia with that Ogacore tribe, right? They had Mad Dog, who was clearly a challenge liability. Uh, but instead, they decided to vote O'Kell, and that resulted in them losing one challenge because of Mad Dog, and then they had to vote her out again, and then they lost the next one after that as well. So um, it definitely, you know, really starts to snowball these losses and, and compounds one another. And, you know, if, if this were to keep going in this season, they could very easily get to, like, an Oolong situation, right, where, you know, the the clear advantage for the other tribe isn't that they have more people, it's that they can sit out, like, three or four people every single challenge, right? So I think... Maron was is really lucky that there was a swap here, um, and Ogakor in their case was lucky that they were able to pull out one victory. Um, so yeah, we're gonna see that like the the, the decision to vote off um, Peter in the first episode is really gonna come back to hot Maron in this episode. Um, so we wake up on day four and we don't start it as usual, right? Usually we come to expect that um, after a tribal council we're gonna pick right back up with the tribe that's coming back from tribal council. Um, it's going to be a bit different this time. It's We're actually going to pick up with Rotu for a bit. Um, and they're starting to kind of really take shape as a love tribe. They're, that's kind of how they will go down. This tribe that really gets along, really like values that unity. Um, Gabe is kind of, you know, the figurehead of, of the love and, and building a society, which I've never cared for Gabe. Um, I, I think it's it's such like a, a blessing that they're able to vote him off in the pre-merger of this game because I just, I would not have been able to stand it. Um, but Kathy's still on the outs here. She's sleeping on her own. She's doing a poor job of, of bonding with the tribe. Um, and it's not just us who notice this. Everyone is noticing. Gabe is talking to, I think it's Tammy, about how she's just not getting along and why she like this. So it, it's really becoming a focal point of this tribe, the fact that everyone's getting along and Kathy isn't. Um, and usually we think of, you know, it's the road to four plus Gabe, but Nilia and Pascal are really in there as well. It's really just seven and then Kathy. Um, and like I said, right, I had to give her an LVP because at the end of last episode, because she is clearly on the bottom. Like, if this tribe were to go to tribal council, it is the easiest decision of their lives. Um, and so it's not looking good for Kathy. She's got some work to do, um, and she is not doing this work just yet. She's looking for some food, trying to prove her worth, um, but she doesn't realize that, you know, the worth that they need and that they want is 
is bonding and making connections. Like they value unity. She thinks like, oh, if I if I find them some clams for dinner, they'll keep me around. But that is not what they value, and she has to tune into that fast. Actually, well, I mean, I guess she doesn't because she's never going to go to a tribal council with this group. Um, but whatever. Um, and so the the rest of Rotu kind of gets to work making weapons, catching food, um, especially the the general here. Everyone is starting to get hit by the elements, but especially the general. Um, and, you know, again, you kind of forget how much Nilia and, and Pasco are entrenched with this group, but they are definitely fitting right in. Um, and then we check over back in with Maramu, and we get the, like, iconic morning show segment, right? Sean is the host, Rob is doing the food review, which is, is so on-brand for him, um, because he's going to end up marrying Amber, who, like, all Amber talked about in all of the Australian Outback was food and, and you know, meatball subs and whatever. So, um, definitely, uh, the, the stars are aligned, for sure. Um so Hunter comes in with the weather. It looks like they're getting along, right? It seems to be a pretty good vibe, um, a pretty good spirits. Um, the, the, the mood is good there. Um, it's kind of a nice break, they say, before like starting to have to like work their butts off around camp and actually do things, um, like building a shelter, improving the camp, and stuff like that. Um, Hunter's pretty impressed with uh, Patricia, or I guess they're going to call her Mama now. Um, he's pretty impressed with Patricia. Gina's also a big fan. And, you know, Patricia knows, like, she was lucky to survive that first vote. She needs to keep us up. She needs to be an asset. Um, and so she's really going to kick it into high gear here. Um, but the thing is, we're going to see that, although Hunter and Gina appreciate this side to Patricia, uh, pretty much everyone else does not appreciate that side to Patricia. Um, and so, yeah, we check back in with Rotu. John says, you know, he's kind of following almost shades of Mike Scoopin a little bit with John. Because um, he wants to be as high as possible in the hierarchy of the tribe. And to achieve that... He wants to provide food. He wants to be the food guy. But as this is happening, Kathy is providing food. She starts yelling for everyone to come over, and she's so excited. She's found a bunch of food, and she's now, like, proving her worth to her tribe. And John has this... I, it wasn't supposed to be funny, but I found this really funny how he's like, you know, Kathy's really condescending, and she's crazy, and she's finding food, but it's just like, this is all jealousy, just because John just wanted to be the one to find food, and now he's just mad that Kathy beat him to the punch. Um, that's really all it is. Uh, like, it was not condescending at all the way that Kathy did anything. Um, so yeah, that was a little bit funny. Uh, again, shades of Mike Scoopin, you know, like, not wanting them to win a reward because then that would, like, in invalidate the food that he finds for his tribe. Like, shades of that here. Um, but it was, you know, good on Kathy. And I, I think Kathy, she started the fire. That was her mission. The next fire, the next mission was food. She's found some food. She's got to take a breath here. Like, you've done your work. You've done so much work. Just, just take a breath. Really focus on integrating herself. And, and she is going to do that, um, I believe, in the next episode. A little bit more. Um, and I'm not really sure. You know, Kathy seems to be really taking the lead. And John Carroll is taking the lead. Um, but it, it's kind of funny how, like, they have a fishing boat captain from Maine um, who is, like, just completely invisible while this is all going on. Um, I, I feel like that gets forgotten about. Um, Kathy gets frustrated that no one's thanking her. And again, I, I talked about this a little bit when I was in, talking about the cast at large and how we kind of have this, like, mo this team mom archetype, right? Um, or sorry, team mom, not team mom. Um, and then you kind of had it, you know, with Gretchen and, and then Tina and then T-Bird. And now we have Kathy. And Kathy is just so different. Um, like, she's got this edge to her. And she's, like, she's not really a team mom. She's just, like, she's completely different. Um... And it's, it's a little bit interesting in that sense, too, because, um, like, Tina was, all, you know, all about the tribe and really integrating herself well, and T-Bird was, was feisty, but also really valued that unity as well, and, and so did Gretchen. Um, and Kathy doesn't really fill that role, right? 
she she takes responsibility and she's of that age, but she is playing completely different than a, a T-Bird would or a Tina would, right? Um, and so it's interesting to look at Kathy here. And, you know, I think by the end of the season, at least I was, like, so impressed with Kathy. You know, she's going to come back for All-Stars, and she really t- ends up being, you know, the figurehead of the season. Um, but, but going back and looking at these first few days here, it's not a great look for Kathy. Um, she's definitely not playing great, if I'm honest. So... Um, yeah, so we check back in with Mara Amu, Patricia wants to get work done, and, you know, she's constantly dragging Hunter over to, you know, implement her, her plans and her ideas, Sean's not a fan of this, him and Vesepia confirm that they're on the same page, and we get a, a really good segment here, um, with Sean and Vesepia talking about how, you know, they're on the same page, um, not only about being annoyed with, with Patricia, but they're just, they're, they're in lockstep here at the end, it, it's just so great to see, right, Sean is saying that, um, you know, they're playing a game that, no one else even knows, right? They're always going to have another layer, um, like another factor to worry about just because they look different from everyone else. Um, and this is great to see, right? You know, Jervis didn't get this segment with Ramona. Um, Alicia and Nick didn't get this, this treatment. Clarence didn't get this. Um, so it, it's definitely good to see. Um, they, they claim that their bond is due to their faith, not their race. Um, like in, I mean, whether that's true or not, I, I don't think it matters as much. Um, obviously, these two are going to have such a close bond. I believe Sean is like the godfather of, of the Sepia's kid. Um, so these two are going to be really, really close. And obviously, they just bond on a completely different level than the others. Um, the unfortunate thing is this is immediately followed up with another, you know, that that black person is lazy sequence. Um, fortunately, the Sepia doesn't get this treatment, but um, they, they basically take turns calling Sean lazy, which isn't great because now, like, we've had, as far as I know, seven black people on the show. Um, and five of them have been called lazy, which, you know, isn't great odds, because Jervis and Ramona got that, um, Nick got that, Clarence got that, Sean is now getting it, like, it, it, it's not great, um, it really isn't, um, and, yeah, so, and, and it's, it's one thing for people to be saying it, but it's another thing for, like, the show to be, like, really suggesting it and, and playing it up, um, so Sean says he's working, he just doesn't feel any to, like, report back to Hunter everything that he does, so I, I guess I respect that from Sean, it's just, it's not the best thing to see. Um, from the show's perspective. Um, they acknowledge Rob and Sarah, who are the two youngest people in the tribe. Um, there is some attractive, some attraction between the two of them, um, but Hunter definitely sees Sarah as a liability. And if they can vote her out, maybe they will like unlock a more productive Rob, a, a more you know teamwork-oriented Rob. Um, and we get a bunch of really good Rob quotes in these two episodes here, but he says, you know, the only game I got going on is with Sarah. But it goes both ways. Um, at times she can be an asset because she'll vote whichever way I want her to vote. But sometimes it's like I'm playing Survivor for two. I have to constantly watch what she's doing. But if I have one vote, it's like I have two votes. Um, and, I mean, this is his game plan, right? He, he'll do this with All-Stars. Luckily, Amber is a little bit more competent, and she doesn't, he doesn't have to be watching over her all the time. Um, but we're also going to get it in Redemption Island, right? Whether you could call it Philip, call it Natalie. He has people. He, his one vote turns into two or turns into three. Um, and that's his, that's his agenda. Um, so day five goes by, we can kind of breeze through a lot of this episode, um, Rotu is still kind of getting annoyed with Kathy, she requests a tribe meeting, um, and then this is where Gabe kind of lectures her about their building a society, it's not just about work, I'd rather get to know you, yada yada yada, and everyone kind of feels bad about how Gabe's saying it, but that's their MO as a tribe right now. Um, they improve their camp, Pascal has this spiel, like, almost in tears about the American flag, which is whatever... Um, the reward challenge, so this is your the float the boat one, which is interesting, so this boat is at the bottom of, of the sea, and they have to dig up the coconuts, lift up the boat, um, bail it out, and then sail it, er, and then row it back to camp. 
Um, and it seems like Rob and Hunter are doing a, a really good job, like, you know, getting these coconuts out, but um, Rotu ends up coming to the realization that they don't have to take out all the coconuts. They can just flip the boat over and then kind of expedite that process a little bit. Um, and so they do that and, you know, and they also flip the boat over while they're on like kind of their dock type thing. Um, so they don't have to do much bailing while Mar Amu has to spend like a good amount of time bailing up the water. Um, so it does give Rotu the lead. They'll carry this, this out to victory here. Um, and yeah, so Mar Amu has to be sweating, right? Their challenge performance was a two man show. It was literally just Robin Hunter doing everything. Um, while Rotu's was, was pretty much a full team effort. They had like three or four people going down, lifting up that boat, lifting up the coconuts. Um, but it was pretty much just Robin Hunter doing everything from our Amu. So they, you know, really have to be seeing, seeing some danger here. Um, our Amu begins reconstructing their, their shelter. Um, Hunter sees a, has a plan and wants to implement it. Sarah starts causing conflict. This is just, it's not great stuff from either of them. Um, and Sarah, for some reason, like, has this, like, itch to create conflict when it's not needed at all. Um, so I'm not sure what that's about. Uh, so we get to day six. We go to the immunity challenge, and this one is called Marquesan Menu. Um, and this is the eating challenge, and they have to, I think it's called Farfaru, um, which kind of looks like a type of, like, sashimi, but Jeff really says that it's, like, disgusting, it smells terrible. Again, this is something that Survivor really plays up in these first few seasons, how, like, the local delicacies taste and smell disgusting. Um, which isn't great in general for, for them to be kind of advertising it in this way. Um, but we'll take it for what it is. Um, but it kind of just looks like sashimi. Um, but they have to bob for it, which is a weird thing. And I, th I think it probably just smells worse than it tastes. And by having to bob for it, like, it forces you to really smell it. Um, but so Mar Amu has been given a gift here. Like, this is not a physical thing. Um, their weak link, who is Mama, is going to end up doing it no problem so this is their chance to even up the numbers here um and survivor has to really step these up because i'm pretty sure in every single food challenge now everyone has done it successfully um so like they they have to know that something is up here i um, mean really make these more difficult um because everyone just doing it first and then having like an extreme tiebreaker is is a little bit weird uh, but everyone seems to be doing a great job rob has some difficulty with it and so naturally he gets picked for the tiebreaker um and he goes up against Nalia, and it is a, a, a fairly close fight, but Rob ends up yakking it up here. Nalia does a great job, um, and she ends up winning. So, you know, one of the best case scenarios for Amu, um, and their star player, their, their golden boy Rob, uh, ends up um, choking, literally and figuratively here. Um, and so Rob and Sean kind of get on the same page about the vote, and you have to believe that with their block of four, like with Rob having uh, Sarah and Sean having Giuseppe, you have to believe that in this conversation between Rob and Sean, the the decision will be made in this conversation. Um, they express their frustration with Mama, shake hands, and it looks like Patricia's fate is sealed. Um, in that trouble, you know, Jeff asks, you know, what's it like to be the mom of the camp? And Rob says, you know, she's a pain sometimes, but it's, it's just nice to have her around. She's here for us. Um, they cr Hunter, like, takes a shot at Sarah, how she doesn't work around camp, and Sarah says, like, oh, I, it's because I conserve energy for the challenges, and Gina's questioning this. It's just odd all around. Um... Like, Hunter, Hunter and Gina never seem to be aware of what position they're in. They're going to be up on the wrong end of the votes here. Um, so they never really seem to realize what kind of position they're in and are, like, constantly throwing shade towards Sarah. Um, it's just weird. And it's it's just weird how, you know, in general, and this is going to carry into the next episode, too, we have three pairs, essentially. Right? We have Hunter and Gina, we have Sean of Asepia, and we have Rob and Sarah. But the thing is, none of them seem to want to talk to each other. Like, the only communication about strategy that happens between anybody outside of, like, the individual pairs is Rob with Sean. 
And that ends up like bringing these four to the end of the tribe, essentially. Um, and so, you know, maybe if like Hunter and Gina were to like talk to anybody, um, maybe they would have a little bit of a better time here. Cause it looks like they've just, they, they've just decided to vote for Sarah without even trying to get Sean of Asepia on their side, um, which is questionable at best. So, um, and then they're, they're, they're throwing shade at her and, and throwing shots at her without really realizing why they're doing it. So it's not great. The votes come out. We see Hunter vote for Sarah, which calls into question a bit. Um, like, is it going to be Sarah? Is it going to be Mama? But it does end up being Patricia here, as you, you figure Vesepi's probably the swing vote. Um, it's just not a good look for Hunter. Um, and, you know, he's now on the wrong side of the votes, and he better work on making friends with, with Shana Vesepia fast here um, and really start to throw Sarah under the bus instead of just... But not in a way that makes drama, because that's going to turn Vesepia off. So really just, just trying to appeal with logic. Um, rather than just creating fights, because um, it, it's not going to work. It just really isn't. So MVP, I think Sean did a great job in this episode. Everyone seems to love him. He's positioned himself in the middle, um, and he has a, a good relationship with Sepia, and by extension with Rob. So um, I think good stuff from Sean. LVP is is Hunter. He he's doomed. Like he's he, he's a huge target. He's not getting along with his tribe. He he doesn't seem to be self aware at all. Um, so he is not in a good position going forward. Um, and so, yeah, in Vesepi's voting confessional, she says, my vote is for Patricia. She's a great person, but the mom thing is getting pretty old. She's got to go. I wish you the best of luck. And Patricia says, I know why I got voted off tonight. I have no ill feelings. I want you all to come together as a team and win these things and come out on top. I'm proud of each and every one of you, and I made some wonderful friendships and hope they last for a while. I had a great time, and I'd do it again. So, you know, good stuff for Patricia. And again, if I were to compare her in the grand scheme of things, I do give her more credit than someone like a Sonia or a, a Diane from Africa, just because... You know, she was able to survive the vote. She recognized she was in trouble and did something about it. Um, but I think I would almost put Mad Dog in front of her um, if I were kind of ranking these archetypes because Mad Dog had that relationship with Tina. And, you know, maybe with like a couple more days, she might have been able to, to work something out. But um, Patricia did good here, but just w didn't really... She doubled down. Like, she had one flaw, and that people found her annoying, and she, like, doubled down on it and made it more extreme rather than trying to fix it. Um, so just not really self-aware, but what are you going to say? Um, definitely a good presence on the season. Um, and, and I mean, for the rest of the, the tribe, it's definitely the right call to vote her out. Like, I, I can't question that at all. It's even more concerning that Hunter would rather vote out Sarah than Patricia. That's even a, a bigger strike in, in his corner. Um, so yeah, we get to day seven. Sarah, like, flips out. And this is bad. You know, Rob knows it's bad. Um, you know, she was just in the majority. Like, you just got back from camp. You're, you're good. Like, you don't have to create conflict for no reason with, with Hunter and Gina. Like, there's there's no reason. Sean then steps in. Vesepia wants it to end. Rob seems to be pretty quiet. It's just conflict for no reason. Like, if you're in the majority, you should not be creating conflict. Um, it's, it's not good. And if Sarah plays the cards right, she should be in the clear here, but she's she isn't um, because she's starting conflict for, for no good reason. Um, so we check back in with Rotu, and again, it, it, it's weird because we spend so much time with Marahama because they're a disaster, but Rotu is like, also has some interesting stories to tell for sure. Um, but Kathy seems to be doing a better job at integrating herself here. She's made an effort to, you know, worry less, just focus on forming the social bonds. It seems to be working a little bit. Um, and we learned that Nalia is now Sweet Pea, Pasco is now Pappy, and the two have become really close. And, you know, this is almost like Elizabeth and Roger 2.0. Um, but I think I almost prefer Nalia in, in Pasco. Um, not just because of, of, of Elizabeth and who she is, but I, I think Nalia is general, just a really likable figure. Um, like, I, 
I, I, I really do like Nelia. I don't think, obviously, she has a great ton of you know, gameplay on her, but um, I think just as a person, she seems fun, um, and she seems to have a pretty good head on her shoulders. And Pascal, you know, although he's probably the person that I would, like, you know, be rooting for typically, he seems to be a pretty likable figure, and, you know, so I, I, I think I do prefer these two over Elizabeth and Roger, just because, yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's just nice to have that presence, and they're, this is the first kind of stuff we've seen of, like, an actual connection on the Road to Tribe that isn't just everyone but Kathy, right? Um, and then we get the iconic scene of John Carroll getting stung, and of course, the only cure is to get peed on. Um, Kathy is, is happy she was able to, like, respond to the Call of Duty here, which um, is, is a funny scene. I, I thought it was longer than this. Like, I thought they made a bigger deal of the scene. Maybe that comes in the reunion. Um, but it, it it's a pretty memorable moment, so I thought they would spend more time on it, but... Um, if anyone is a fan of the TV show Lost, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Lost. And um, one of the, the things that gets referenced early on in Lost is, like, if one of the characters gets stung and says, you have to pee on it. Um, and they, they say that it's from that TV show. Um, and so they could be referencing Survivor in Lost. Um, they also could be referencing Friends, I guess. I don't know. But either way, this is, like, a, definitely a, an iconic moment from the show. Um so Mara Amu resumes the radio show, Vesepi seems to be taking a role, we get the intro as to what a no-no is, they seem to be just really like tiny mosquitoes who like bite you like crazy, we get shots of the survivors just covered in bug bites, it, it seems pretty bad, um, but the radio show just seems to be like a fun tradition over at Mara Amu, um, they seem to have recovered from the, the arguments the night before, everything is out in the open now, um, so that, that they seem to be in a much better place. Um, Jeff brings them a bunch of lumber and supplies for the upcoming reward challenge, and tells them to basically build a raft that all of you can go on. Um, this injures the general, it injures John, and, and like, the Rotu tribe is just getting beat up here. Um, like, the general gets injured, John, like, cares for him, and, like, and is, does this nursing thing, and then right after, he also gets injured, and he gets frustrated that, like, he can't be more useful. Um, and you can see, like, Gabe is, like, giddy that, like, his society now gets to do a task together. Um, but, you know, they obviously have a really great chemistry as a tribe, um, they're excited that they get to like work together on this, so you know, good for them. I, I guess I can't hate on it. Um, so yeah, Mar Amu gets working, and they kind of let Hunter take the lead on, and, and instruct them on how to build their raft. And Hunter, sorry, no, this, this like leadership from Hunter causes Rob to to kind of say his thing. And this next quote from Rob is goes like this: um, "I'm like Hunter, but I wouldn't let it show for the life of me. Everyone wants to be the big man." So the smart guy will sit back, let everybody step up, and bank in on their mistakes. Um, I mean, great strategy. Like, this is, like, a perfectly logical way to play the game. Unfortunately, this is not what Rob does at all. Um, like, this might be what he does here, but I cannot think of another scenario where this is actually what Rob does. Um, like, he... I guess you could maybe say he does it in All-Stars with, like, Rupert or something. But pretty much every time he plays, he is going to be the leader. Um, like, far and away the leader of his camp. Um, and so it's great strategy. Like, and I, 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 this is how, like, Jeremy Collins is going to win Survivor, right? But it, it's not how Rob is going to win Survivor. Um, so, you know, Hunter just gets frustrated that everyone on his team thinks it's a vacation. And, you know, th this is the story of Hunter in this, in this game and in, in these, like, nine days that he makes it, is he comes into this expecting everyone to be exactly like him. You know, workaholics, taking everything super seriously, um... He, he expects everyone to work like him, and when he sees that they're not exactly like him, um, he gets frustrated and tries to, like, 
lash out at them rather than like being like, hey, maybe I should adapt. Like when in Borneo, when we saw Rudy, like I, I, I don't know why I'm comparing Hunter to Rudy, but Rudy said, you know, I'm the one who has to fit in here. Like I don't even know what MTV means, right? Like I'm the one who has to fit in here. I have to adapt to them. They're not going to change for me. Um, Hunter has found one friend and maybe that has made him a little bit more comfortable than Rudy is. Um, but he immediately thinks that his whole tribe is going to now adapt to what he does, um, which is just not going to happen. Um, like Rob and Sean and Vesepia and Sarah, they have their own vibe going and he is not fitting into it. Um, and he's not making any effort to like try and fix that. Um, so yeah, so we get to the reward challenge um, and they have to use this wrath that they built to pick up five crates and get back to the start. Both tribes seem to be neck and neck. Mara Anu has actually built up a lead here. Um, but Hunter struggles to unclip, I think it's like box number four, um, and it does set the tribe back, it, it gets pretty close right up until the end, but, you know, there's, it, this is just where the teamwork is really coming together, right, um, like, row two, they're, they're thinking, like, insane, Pascal's, like, calling for them, um, and, you know, they're, they're really together, and Maramu, it's all discombobulated, they're not rowing together, and row two does end up taking this challenge by a pretty close margin and getting some comfort items, um, so again, like this one and the next one are going to be super close challenges. Um, and it, you know, it is some luck. It is a game of inches, but unfortunately it's just that teamwork, that little X factor. Um, Maramu is missing it. Um, so we get to day eight. Um, Hunter says that his tribe is just not winners. They don't work together around camp. Um, and he's kind of right, you know, like they, they definitely don't have the attitude that a winning tribe would, right? These are, there's three pairs, like they're not working together. Um, the thing is, Hunter just has no experience working with people who aren't exactly like him, and he, and he's saying, you know, we need to come together, so you guys need to be like me, instead of, like, making any effort to be like them. Um, and then we just jump right into our mini challenge here, um, which was the coconut maze race, um, and they have this big table maze, um, callers, you know, have to direct their tribe to, like, lift and navigate this table maze, um, and after they score, they must rotate and get a different collar. Um, and Marlon does good here, right? Vesepi does a good job. Um, Sarah does a good job right after her. Um, and then on the road to side of things, I think it's Gabe who does first, does it first, Pascal does it next. And it seems to be really close. And it's Robin, Zoe, and like, this should be the dream scenario um, for for Marlon who to finally win their first challenge. But they, they get to the end. They're right there. They're just not able to drop the ball into the hole. Um, road to does come from behind. They take the win to get their fifth challenge in a roll. And, and this one was a game of inches, right? Um, and, you know, if I'm looking at this deeper, I think the order was wrong here. Like, I, I get what I get what they're going for, getting Rob to be your last caller, finish strong. The thing is, because it's the same puzzle every time, you know, the by the time they do the last coconut, two of the four rope controllers have already seen the puzzle. So it's not that you want your strongest caller last. You want your strongest rope pullers last. And having Rob calling at the end means that Sarah is one of the rope pullers, which probably costs them. Like, I think the way to do it is get Rob, you know, first or second. That way he's seen the puzzle. And then he can, like, take more of a leadership role when he's pulling, right? Because you saw Road 2, like, at, by the end, Zoe wasn't doing anything. Like, the rope pullers knew what the course was like and were able to take more of a leadership role. Um, so Mara is going to go back to Tribal Council. Hunter wants to set his, tri his sights onto Sean, uh, but Rob has some pushback here. Um, and he gets another one of his quotes, doesn't matter whether my team is strong physically or even strong mentally, just that they obey. This is a fairly true representation, and he ends up spitting out these quotes, right? Fear keeps people loyal, straight out of the Godfather, and this is where, like, the Rob Father is born. 
Um, Jeff asks him what's up with the losing streak um, when they get the tribal council. And, they, you know, they're just confused. They, they, they're nine days in. They have no idea how it came to be this bad. Um, like, they're almost at an insurmountable disadvantage um, already. And they just kind of seem, like, a little bit starstruck. Um, and Rob says, you know, each challenge, we've just been one step behind. It's been so close. We just need to get to that next level. Um, and it's weird because Hunter was gunning for Sean, but he ended up voting for Sarah here. So I'm not sure exactly what he's going for. Um, but the tables turn on, right? This is, you know, the big vote. He ends up going in a four to two vote here, which is a huge moment, right? We never thought that this alpha male who was born to play survivor ends up going. But the thing is, this is how important the social game is. He came in expecting everyone to bow down to him. Um, and, and just follow his lead left and right. But the thing is, when everyone else had different plans, he refused to adapt, um, and it cost him. Um, and so, you know, this force seems to be pretty locked in. Um, Gina would be the swing vote. We kind of see in the next episode that she's actually going to push back against this and try to, like, create chaos, which it, it, it would have been interesting to see if they do end up voting Gina next or whether they one of the sides tries to pull her in. Um, because I could definitely see Vesepi and Sean swinging to vote out Sarah, for sure. Um, but we will end up getting a swap in the next episode, which on paper cannot be good for Maramu, um, because they're pretty much going to have the disadvantage no matter what. It's weird that, you know, they switch three people instead of doing a draw, um, because th then they would have a chance at least at having some numbers, but that's not going to happen. So MVP here is Rob, I think. This is the move he had to make, getting out Hunter. He's now in pretty much control of his tribe. And LVP is Gina. I, I, I do think she's got a good game. I think she's really good socially. Um, but, you know, she was out of the loop on this one, and she's she's got to do some work. Um, so Sean says, look here, player, definitely a team player to a certain extent. We needed we needed you as our strongest player, but this game is to outwit. Hopefully I'll see you on the outside and no hard feelings. Peace. But Hunter says, I really don't understand the logic behind it, but hey, you got me. I was camping with a bunch of knuckleheads, and I'll tell you that to your face when I see you again. And I will phone the Red Cross and let them know where you guys are so that you can be airlifted out of there when you die of starvation and dehydration the next couple of days. And hang in there, Gina. I wish you guys the best of luck. So just weird stuff from Hunter. I'll talk more about that in the start of the next podcast as we are almost running out of time here. Uh, but thank you so much for listening. This has been the Worth Playing For podcast. In the ne next episode, I will talk about episode four of Survivor Marquesas um, as we as we get to swap. And then we kind of start to see some of the, the new dynamics going on in the tribe. So this was, you know, the, the fall of a king, right? Hunter was going. Um, he seemed to be running the tribe. He was built for this game. But unfortunately he just could not adapt and at the end of the day i don't think hunter is a good survivor player like i i cannot be convinced otherwise um like he, he it's not great like the only reason he even made it that far was because he's a strong guy who's capable um so yeah um and there is one interesting stat that i saw on survivor wiki so it must be true um so all of the sit outs for row two during the immunity challenge would eventually vote for sepia to become the sole survivor so that was the general tammy and john so that's interesting. And then it also says all of the participants who made the jury face for Rotu during the reward challenge voted for Nalia. Um, I don't really understand the wording of that one. Um, so if whoever's listening to this happens to be running Survivor Wiki, um, please clarify that for me because the wording on that doesn't make sense. Because um, I, th I think they're trying to do the opposite. Uh, but at the same time, it, it doesn't... I think maybe they, they're meant who made the jury face for Rotu during the immunity challenge voted for Analia because that would be like um, Kathy and, and Pascal and Zoe, which I think makes more sense, but I think there's like a typo in there or something. So um, interesting stat, but uh, it definitely made me think more than it should have, I think. Um, 
It's got an interesting episode, some, some good, a good t- group of two episodes here um, as we start to get some more tribe dynamics, but obviously the swap is, it, in a way, it's a saving grace to Amu because they were really running out of steam and, and almost going the prototype of Palal here. Um, but at the same time, like, they, they're screwed. Like, it, it's a miracle if Asepi ends up winning the season because she, it, it's, it's, times are tough uh, for this tribe right now. But thank you so much for listening. I will start to wrap it up here. Um, next time I will do episode four. Um, I won't be doing Survivor South Africa coverage anymore. Maybe I'll do like a, a merge podcast or something. Um, but right now I'm just going to stick to the rewatch and do that, you know, two or three times a week, depending on what the schedule is like. Um, thank you so much for listening and I will see you next time.